Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This is Come Out For My People, February 23rd, 2017. We're going to have a roundtable discussion with our officers and ministers pertaining to this Christianity and the Antichrist topic. I want to publicly thank each and every one of these brothers and all of the supporters of our nation for fighting the good fight, and I want to do that first fighting the good fight and sustaining this path over difficult times, being loyal to the message, loyal to the duty, and being supportive of your brother and supportive of of us all, of all of us that are in this nation. We are our own support group, and we love one another, and it shows. We have lost people over the years. Some good people have been lost over the years. Some people that have not been so good that have been lost over the years. But to all of them, it is the same. They're still our brothers and our sisters, and we still must respect them and pray to the Most High Almighty, that their path be guided no matter what they do. It is my hope that they will find their way back to where they got their foundation. But the Most High Almighty is the best of knowers. With this topic, Christianity and the Antichrist, I want to lay a brief understanding that there's two Christianities. There's the true Christianity. There's the false Christianity. There's the truth, and there's the the, the doctrine of deception. Now, from a historical perspective, I want to take us back briefly to the time that the Christ was walking the earth. And this needs to be comprehended. As it is recorded in the book of Acts, this is after the time, actually, that the Christ had departed, where the people who were the apostles, excuse me, the people called the apostles at that time, they were first called Christians. The apostles were first called Christians at the time of Antioch. Prior to that, they were not called Christians. There were people on the earth that were called Christians. This is very important to know. That were called Christians 
centuries before the birth of the one who has become known as Jesus. And those people that were called Christians were worshipers. This began back in Egypt under Ptolemy I. The people that were originally called Christians were worshipers of Serapis Christus. And those people were called Christians centuries before. I, I want to say the, the three... 335 B.C. maybe, during, after Alexander died, he had a general named Ptolemy Soter. And they, when Alexander died, a, a couple of other successors succeeded him, and then eventually Ptolemy became king of Egypt, pharaoh of Egypt, or, or acting pharaoh. This was a Greek man. And he erected this image, Serapis Christus. And those that followed and worshipped his image were called Christians. So that is the form of Christianity that's on the opposite end of what I'm going to refer to with these apostles. Now, you got the time that the Christ walked the earth, after his departure with the apostles is where those apostles became referred to as Christians. So we got to understand there were already Christians on the earth, and those were Roman Christians. At, at, during the time after the Christ left, these were Roman Christians. This is before the Catholic Church now. It's important to comprehend this history. So what were the apostles? What was the Christ? Where were all the prophets? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Go back all the way, Moses, Noah. What, what were all of them? Well, I won't say Noah. This is after Noah, but beginning with Abraham, all the way down to King David, King Solomon, what were all of them known as? They were known as Hebrews. They were not known as Christians because they weren't Roman Christians. Now, when the apostles were at Antioch and they got started being called Christians, the other part of it is they were designated as separate from Roman Christians. They were designated as Hebrew Christians. And that moniker stuck with those who were followers of the Christ from the, uh, the disciples and apostles. And the, the temples that those disciples and apostles set up and the congregations that they set up continued for centuries all the way up until the time of King James which is is in the 1600s AD. And the moniker of Hebrew Christian stuck with those same individuals. So when you go into the Byzantian era, you don't see this term being used a lot. I understand that. It's not hidden. It's just that you have probably never heard it before. Those in the masses have never heard that before. But they were designated from the time 
of the uh, just after departure of the Christ, all the way up to the time of the transatlantic slave trade, they were differentiated and designated as Hebrew Christians, separate from Roman Christians. And then the Roman Christians became the Roman Catholic Christians when the Catholic Church took all of the Hebrew Christians' temples and converted them into, into Catholic churches. That's the foundation. So understand the, the doctrine that was with the Roman Christians originated with Serapis Christus, carried all the way over to the Roman Catholic Church. All these centuries, the doctrine that the Christ was teaching and that all the prophets were teaching were with the Hebrew Christians. Now, after the transatlantic slave trade, those who were identified and differentiated as Hebrew Christians just became denoted as Christians. That's why so many of our people are in love with Christianity, but the problem is they're on the wrong side of the Christian moniker. And the point of Christianity and the Antichrist is that what the Christ taught was foundationally by doctrine nowhere near what Roman Christians teach. Nowhere near it. We have to understand that before we can even begin that topic. Anything that is going against what the Christ taught is anti-Christ. Aklin, what are your thoughts? Chime in for us. Echelon, phone on the record. This is Aklin. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I would say that, you know, with what's going on with this two ends of a, I would say, the polar opposites of the same spectrum, uh, you know, with the ambiguity of, you know, the term uh, Christian, uh, where it derives from, and not only where it derives from, but how it's being used uh, in modern times. You know, I think that that background is essential uh, in understanding how our Christian brothers and sisters uh, have lost their way. And I can speak for one you know, for myself coming from uh, that background, you know, I, I never uh, had the, that perspective because, you know, in the in the churches, you don't really get a background in the history and, um, you know, how you how you relate um, to that, you know, previous uh, uh, mind state, and we all know in our in our own studies, you know, as we move forward in time, words take on different meanings and different uh, connotations. Um, they don't stay the same over time. So, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that uh, it kind of makes sense that there wouldn't be a 
a hard uh, distinction being made. But uh, to your point, you know, the scriptures, uh, in, in, in their truth and simplicity, uh, it, it offers you a way back to be able to get out of the mind state of, you know, just having a, a, a doctrine or a point of view impressed upon you. It it really, uh, you know, if you, you take the scriptures and you start reasoning with it, you know, you get that proper instruction, um, it offers you the ability to be able to right the ship, you know, from a, from a mental uh, perspective um, to just understand, hey, you know, if, if this is the Christ, you know, you get one of those uh, one of those Bibles that has you know red letter writing in it, um, and you know those are the words that are coming out of his mouth, and so you use that as a baseline to gauge your conduct, engage your walk, and see if you're able to measure up to what what he's saying. You know, I think um, you know that in and of itself would do a lot to sort of correct the psychology behind, you know, what it means to be a Christian from a doctrinal perspective versus, you know, being able to uh, understand that being a follower of the Christ means to do what the Christ did. Um, You know, if you love me, keep my commandments. So... I'll yield on that, brother. Praise the Lord. That's the truth. If you love me, keep my commandments, so saith the one that's become known as Jesus to the world today. That's First uh, John chapter 5. Uh, no, not First not John. Uh, let me think. It's John. I'll pull it up. John chapter 14, verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And here's where we're trying to make the distinction here. Are you on the right side of Christ? Are you on the right side of the path of the Christ? Or are you on the wrong side of the doctrine with the doctrine of deception? And and, and seriously, what has been done is that Satan has creeped up into the doctrine of the Roman Christians, who are today Roman Catholic Christians, who are today Baptist in all of these different denominations. How it works is this. The Romans, once they established Roman Catholic Christianity, everybody knows that there was the man, Martin Luther, who protested the Roman church, but did you know that King James who was of Moorish descent, he was a, a, a Moor, King James was, a, in his bloodline, King, the bloodline of King James, those are his predecessors. They were protesting the Roman Catholic Church as well. Now, the Protestants, from a legal and lawful perspective, any church, any denomination that is non-Catholic is considered Protestant. Whether you're Baptist, Apostolic, non-denominational, 
whatever you are, uh, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, they're all considered Protestant Christianity. Now, that doesn't mean that you follow Protestants. That's not what it means. Methodists, additionally Methodists. If, no matter what denomination you're under, that's considered a protest to the Roman Catholic Church. But the point of it is, it is all legally and lawfully controlled by the Roman Catholic Church. The doctrines are controlled from a legal perspective, and if you are classified as those things, if you say things that they don't approve of, you can get your exemption revoked from the IRS. So again, I'm saying, are you on the right side of the Christ? Brother Cedric, what do you have on that? Salam. Um, you know, this is a very interesting topic. <laughs> um, I want to share something I saw today. Um, I was on social media, Facebook to be exact, and there was a there was an article that featured Oprah Winfrey and her spiritual advisor, quote unquote, where they were they were, um, um, they were basically talking about how the pastor or her spiritual advisor was saying that the churches need to do away with the Bible in order to keep the church relevant. But in the article, it states that her spiritual advisor would, when basically uh, asked, you know, were the churches more closer to accepting homosexuality and same-sex marriage? He turned around and said that, you know, churches are now uh, closer to accepting it and that Christians need to start relying on his holy text as a basis for opposing homosexuality. He says, I think I think culture is already there and the church will continue to be even more irrelevant when it quotes letters from 2,000 years ago as their best defense. When you have in front of you flesh and blood people who are your brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. Here's the issue uh, that comes in because the churches that you see today were fundamentally built off the quote unquote built off the principles of the uh scriptures and or built off the uh fundamentals of Christianity the Christianity that we uh see today that is recognized as western Christianity or uh Methodist and Baptist and Protestant uh principles um when we have so many uh, people who are not really aware of the origin of these churches, uh, who doesn't understand what the church's main purpose was in history, um, what the uh, order of law that uh, basically organized these churches were actually about, then we we take these things for value. Um, a lot of people are taking it for value now because we live in a politically correct society, and we also live in a society where you have people who are not really sure of themselves, who are not really sure of the government they live in, and who have been fed propaganda all their lives, so they are mixed up. So we are living in a mixed-up society 
where no one really knows what's going on anymore. But I tell you this, in regards to being on the right side of the law, it's one thing for you to tell somebody, hey, you don't need those laws in the scriptures, and then it's, then turn around and insult the federal government because they do things that you don't like. Well, I've come, you know, I come to the conclusion uh, a couple of years ago that it's not the scriptures, it's not the American Constitution, it is people and their uh, their inability to recognize a higher law or higher power or uh, dignities um, or dignitaries, I'm sorry, or recognize authority and what it is actually about. Christ came on the scene. A lot of people thought, hey, you can't be, you can't be preaching that stuff around here because um, you're not God. <laughs> he's showing them who they are. He's showing them the laws. He's showing them the laws in the book, in the history, in the registry, and how they were used, and they still were against him at the time. So it looks to me is that people are nonconformists at this point or becoming anarchists, and they're now starting to become outside of the law, not even the law in the Bible, law in general. But what happens when you have the laws of the Bible reinforced? See, no one talks about that anymore. That's a That makes all the difference. And you would think that even if you weren't practicing the laws of the Bible, you would think to be on the right side of the law because if you get caught slipping and somebody's enforcing these laws, it's going to be really bad for you, at least those who are felt, at least felt self-righteous. Let me just make it that way. Um, and on that note, I yield. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and that's the very point. Are you on the right side of the Christ? And are you siding with those who are anti Christ, who are the embodiment of the Antichrist. Many of you are looking for just one man when maybe you should be looking at the doctrine of a body of people that is controlled by a man. When the doctrine goes against what the Christ stood for and taught it is anti-Christ. Brother Andrew, what are your thoughts? Brother Andrew, and my thoughts on that is the Christ is different from the anti-Christ based on what you had said, um, the message that he was speaking of, even though it came out of his mouth being one man, the individuals that believed in the Christ when he was 
talking and when he was walking on the face of the earth at that time, they believed in the Christ not because of one man, but because of the things that were said by many other individuals that were of one mind. Now, the Antichrist is just that which is speaking the things that is against what the Messiah is talking about, what the Christ is speaking of. Now, a lot of times, what the Christ cannot differentiate fact what the Antichrist has made mention of. Now the Antichrist comes in many forms and facts. A lot of times the Antichrist is going to be coming as the same manner as the Christ. Oh. You're breaking up, bro. The Antichrist. Can I be heard? Yeah, but you're breaking up a little bit. The Antichrist can come in many different forms and fashions, in many different thoughts, in many different actions, in many different emotions. The Antichrist essentially comes to deceive and to have you think, to have many think that what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're speaking, is right and will make you feel comfortable in what you're doing, thinking, and speaking whilst doing and viewing things that are contrary to what the Christ was making mention of. Now, the great thing that was, the great thing that many Christians like about the Christ is the fact that they can all agree with things and good things that are said that makes them feel comfortable. But when the, the book is properly read, what made the Christ famous is for the fact that a lot of things he said was pointing out the liars, pointing out the Antichrist, and he made a lot of those people that were trying to be coming off as a Christ, he made them feel uncomfortable with the truth that was being spoken. Now, I know a lot of times when people hear certain truths, they might feel uncomfortable because they might say, oh, you're not the Christ. You can't, you can't, you can't. Who is you to say those things? You're not better than no one. But truth is truth. And it's, it's about that time that we as a people start seeing these things for what is and start being deceived because we're comfortable. A lot of times we need to start realizing that in order for us to really be where we need to be or where we're aiming to be, we have to sometimes become uncomfortable, end up in situations where we're not necessarily in our comfort zone. We have to take those risks. 
and uh, that I yield. All praises to the Most High. It is like the brother saying, it's an uncomfortable thing to have to really face the reality that there are people are all around you that don't see the truth about the scriptures because they're not being taught the actual scriptures. There's a designation here that we want to make clear. There are two sides of this coin. There are two Christianities that have existed that the whole world has been fooled. You've been thinking that there's one Christianity. And in reality, the two Christianities, one is the side of the Hebrew Christians. Those come from the followers, the apostles, the disciples, the Christ himself, and all the prophets before him. That was their faith. But then there snuck up this serpent in the garden, this great deceiver who sided with the Roman Christians and took over the Roman Catholic Church and the doctrine. And let me give you an example. If you're sitting in your church right now, ask yourself, have you heard of grace? Now, I want to ask you, be real with yourself. Has grace replaced the law? Does your church teach that grace replaces the law and that the law was done away with? Ask yourself that. Now, let's get a reality check. Whoever is teaching that doctrine that we do not live under the law anymore is deceiving you. The scriptures that they use to validate that is deceiving you. They're using short passages written by Paul that they know are difficult to comprehend if you do not use the entire book. And so they have made it that there are a whole generation, well, actually generation after generation of people who have been identifying as Christians who have been deceived by a great beast. I'm going to read something for you so you can see a lot of you don't feel like there's any need for the said Old Testament. That's a deception. And that's part of this doctrine of deceit. Listen to this scripture from the said New Testament. Revelation. This is the last book of the Bible. Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. So if you are being taught that you don't have to 
adhere to the law, statutes, and commandments, this scripture says that you don't have a right to the tree of life and that you are not going to enter into the gates. Think over that. Brother E.K., chime in for us. Salam. Morning, Rep. is Brother E.K. Yes, sir. Um, a couple of things uh, are sticking out to me pertaining to the topic. Um, I actually just want to revisit the scripture, uh, Acts 11, uh, verse 26, and a portion of that verse when it talks about how and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Now, according to the Bible, the Smith's Bible Dictionary, I just want to read uh, a little excerpt from the definition and, and, and just to kind of shed a little bit of perspective on it. And it states, the disciples, we are told, Acts 11, verse 26, were first called Christians at Antioch on the Orontes, somewhere around, somewhere about 43 A.D. They were known to each other as and were among themselves called brethren, disciples, believers, saints. The name Christian, which in the only other cases where it appears in the New Testament, is used contemptuously could not have been applied, could not have been applied by the early disciples to themselves, but was imposed, but was imposed upon them by the Gentile word, world. There is no reason to suppose that the name Christian of itself was intended as a term of scurrility or abuse, though it would naturally be used with contempt. So, here we have a situation where the Roman Catholic Church of today seems to have taken some scriptures that contain the word Christian and tries to use that as a moniker to say, you know what, um, you see, after all, the message that, quote, unquote, Jesus Christ was teaching is, is this doctrine that we're presenting to the world, but it's not the case. We just read that it was imposed upon them by the Gentile world. So we can discern that the Roman Catholic Church of today were the descendants of Japheth, which were known as Gentiles. But even more so, here we have a situation again where it's like the Roman Catholic Church understood that the apostles and the disciples were actually of the Hebrew faith. Because after all, in the Old Testament and the whole scriptures in general, what is it really talking about? It's talking about the Hebrew faith, which is the platform of the government of the Most High. So here we have, as our dear brother priest had mentioned, how there was two types of Christian Christians. There was the Hebrew Christians and there was the Roman Catholic Christians, the Roman Christians. So it was already known that the Hebrews, who were the apostles that were Israelites, were actually Hebrews, but it was imposed, that word Christians was imposed upon them. So how did that message get to the forefront of today in, in terms of the people? So, again, it's like the message that the Christ was coming with, quote-unquote, the Christ, Yeshua, Jesus, that everyone knows of today, he was coming with the government of the Most High to reinstitute the Hebrew faith, which is what we were supposed to be adhering to via the law, statutes, and commandments. 
So that Antichrist is the government of Satan. Antichrist is the government of Satan via the Roman Catholic Church, which in its own is actually the platform in which is also a government in which they're promoting this. So naturally, the original Protestants were actually the real Hebrews who were imposed that Christian term on them, even though we hear Martin Luther in contemporary uh, history readings and stuff like that, but they was already preaching against what the people at that time was already subscribing to. They was preaching that most high, the law says the commandments, the law is not done away with. What law? What law are we talking about? The law that subscribes to the Hebrew faith. So the Roman Catholic Church made mischief with the word and imposed it on these Hebrew Christians and made that doctrine that Jesus, quote, unquote, Jesus was teaching as if it's the doctrine that's synonymous with what they're teaching today. And it's not the case. As I did, Brother Peter, there's a fundamental difference as to what Yeshua what Jesus was teaching to the people, which was actually to reinstitute the government, law, and commerce of the, of the Most High Almighty, as opposed to what the Roman Christians of today are teaching, which is to go against that, that the law is done away with, that you don't have to follow it no more via the teachings of Paul. Like Brother Priest said that if you're not, understanding the full spectrum of why he was speaking in the manner that he was speaking, and you would automatically presume that the law is done away with because of the terms grace. But in law, we know that grace means a time period for redemption. Meaning what? Jesus came to redeem the sins of the lost tribes of Israel. So if we're coming to redeem, there has to be a grace period for that redemption. You get a grace period. To do what? To reinstitute the law, statutes, and commandments to be in synonymous with the Hebrew faith, the original Hebrew faith. So this grace period was to call forth the Israelites to say, look, the time is now. Here we are. We are the Christ, but understand that the Antichrist is also out there to prevent you from accessing the real path to serving the Most High via the Lord's Testament commandments of the Hebrew faith. So all in all, it's like there's a lot of confusion, and although we have our brothers and sisters that are sincere that may subscribe to the Christianity religion and doctrine, but it comes back to what we're talking about, which side are you on? Are you on the side of which the term was imposed upon you, not by your own volition, but by somebody else that is preventing you from preaching the message that the spirit of the Christ is really about the government that the Most High is ushering in via our people, the Israelites. That doesn't mean we're better, but that just means that that's the template that is set in stone for us to follow. So all in all, I feel like, um, you know, it's a big confusion, but it's not confusing if one takes the time to put the whole context in perspective and really see how it is actually coming to the forefront. So um, as our dear brothers were saying, it comes back to, 
you know, which side are you on of the Christ? Are you on the Christ side of government of the Most High, or are you on the Antichrist side of Satan, which is the Roman Catholic Church and its subsequent doctrines? And with that, I yield. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Which side of the Christ are you on? Are you part of those who have been deceived? I want to suggest to you that if you are under the mind state that the said Old Testament doesn't matter anymore, that the laws of the the scriptures don't matter anymore, you're on the wrong side. Now, if you think about this, anyone in the scriptures that has ever disobeyed God Almighty has been punished, has been cursed, or has been put to death. Look at the state of the people, our people in particular, in the inner cities, Negroes, Latinos. Look at our condition. Look at the poverty-stricken communities, the ghettos. Look at the drug abuse, the prostitution. Look at where our attention and our glory is given to. It's given to the glorification of rap music that has a bunch of misogynistic lyrics exploiting the women making them out to be filthy objects of lust. All of this is done by people who go to church or who were raised in the church under a doctrine of deceit that comes from the mother church, the Roman Catholic Church. What you got for us, Brother Lynn? Yeah, salam. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it's just more of the same. I mean, I, I listen to you, um, you know, run down the the state of affairs of our people, you know, currently on this land, and you know, for all intents and purposes, you can you can draw a direct correlation um, between our further uh, descent into madness and um the way in which we continue to grasp on to uh you know this idolatry and this particular doctrine that has been uh taught and it it's really done nothing for us i mean it's not drawn us together it's not allowed us to uh you know come together in unity it's not allowed us to uh you know even begin to think about nation building because you know, for the vast majority of our people, we're waiting on an external stimulus, some force that is going to come and do it for us. You know, and, and the thing is, is that, you know, when I think about, you know, how, uh, you know, these other uh, peoples are able to conduct themselves in commerce, when I think about how they're able to uh, come together and, uh, you know, really defend one another on all fronts, you know, not, you know, not just physically, you know, but, uh, but commercially, 
um, you know, it's it's just a it, part and parcel. It just denotes that we are really suffering from uh, psychological impairment uh, because we won't do the studies and we won't even seek to understand ourselves. I mean, we're so, I would say, um, oblivious to who and what we are by nature, you know, we, we we can't even see it in the uh in the scriptures and it's right there it's plain you know but um you know one of the things that i i think that you know i i have to say uh you know regarding that is because i've been in a couple churches you know over the past uh past two years and what i've seen is, is at this point they're not really even they're, they're, there's no teachers and they're not even preaching um from the scriptures you know, you know, they'll go over a, a couple of uh, verses, and then the rest of it for 45 minutes to an hour is a perspective that is, uh, you know, rooted in what I, what I've I've heard referred to in the past as plantation theology. Um, you know, but the thing is, is uh, you know, again, the, the scriptures are. Uh, there, you know, as a, a brother uh, E.K. said, um, you know, we're we're still in this grace period. You know, it's still time to, uh, or, or we still have an opportunity to uh, right the ship. And you know, I mean, we just have to, uh, uh, you know, be more vi- vigilant about sharing, uh, you know, with our brothers, uh, you know, in in the hopes of, you know, bringing them into you know, what's what's actually going on, you know, what's actually, uh, you know, occurring on this planet. You know, it, 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 it's, it's funny, um, but it's sad at the same time. You know, you want to say that, you know, the, the law has been done away with, but the law is the, the, the one thing that has the most impact on your life, but it's been done away with, you know, and, and you know, the these Romans, they'll tell you that, you know, all of their, uh, you know, their, their constitution, their laws, statutes, what have you, you know, they'll tell you, you know, straight up, it's all derived from, from the Bible, you know, so, you know, it, it, they're telling you one thing, but they're using something else to, to, to govern you. You know, it's time for our people to wake up, and, and I yield. Wake up, brothers and sisters. You've been deceived. Revelation 12 and 9. And the dragon, the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent. Hold that. There was a serpent in the beginning of the scriptures. And now the serpent is referred to as a dragon. So now, what was once a little problem in the beginning, in the end, it has become a great problem. The reason on this follows. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Hold that. What happened was, 
this is a different part in the scriptures that I'm going to be speaking about. What happened was this serpent was gathering its strength over periods of time. And at one point, we had that serpent locked up in chains for a thousand years. But then the scriptures describe a time where that serpent, that Satan, had to be loosed for a little season to go out to deceive the whole world and cause the whole world to worship an image of a beast. Part of of what the word image means is how you view someone's character. It's not just what they look like. It's what is their character. So in the beginning, we were made in the image and the likeness of God Almighty. But then our character got away from the Most High God's wishes, laws, and commands. A lot of people think that this is a side note. I'm going to get back to what I'm speaking of. A lot of people think that the, the, the laws began with Moses. The laws didn't begin with Moses. The laws began, actually, let me read it. One moment. Genesis chapter 26, verse 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. Listen. Abraham is the great, great, great grandfather of Moses. So his life was before Moses. And because his life was before Moses, remember, he did not have the written law. So the law didn't begin with Moses. Now I'm going to go back earlier than that. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. So the laws, the commandments, and the statutes are based on thou shalt or thou shalt not. Here, during the time of Adam, it is stated thou shalt not. So this is a commandment, this is a rule of thumb law from the very beginning. From the very beginning, we were to obey the Most High God Almighty. And in disobeying the Most High, as did Adam and Eve, this brought about hell on earth. And since that time, anyone who consciously makes the decision to disobey what the Most High God Almighty tells you to not do you're going to bring about that same hell on you. Now, what do you say about this serpent that coerces 
Eve or the woman in general to go to her husband, her consort, and to get him so that they both bite of this fruit. This is a serpent that in the end times has become a great big dragon saying the same thing from a doctoral perspective that this serpent said in the beginning. You don't have to obey God. (laughs) You don't have to follow that. So here you're sitting in your church not realizing you think that your church has nothing to do with the Roman Catholic uh, Christianity. But you don't realize that the Roman Catholic Christianity is the mother of your church, that your ties go back to that Roman Catholic church, no matter what denomination you are. And here it's saying the same thing. Oh, no, the law's done away with. You don't have to follow God's laws. When you don't follow God's laws, you are cursed. Look at your ghettos. Look at this poverty. Look at these murders. Now, our people, Negroes, Latinos, those of us that are suffering in these ghettos are getting gunned down by police. Listen, whose fault is this if you don't tell them, your people, your children, if you don't tell them the truth, that they must follow the laws of God Almighty. You need to convert your life from your wicked ways and come back to obedience to God Almighty. You will never be successful and have a happy life by being disobedient. You might be prosperous. The scripture says don't envy the, the, uh, the prosperity of the wicked. You might prosper economically. You think you got money. But you destroy many lives and the lives of these people, that are, they, their lives are on your head. Their blood is on your hand for all the lies you are telling and how you're misleading the people and leading them into destruction. Which side are you on? Two more scriptures I want to read and I'll pass it on. Which side are you on? Are you on the right side of Christ, of the Christ? Are you following the same lifestyle? You're claiming to be a Christian, which is supposed to mean Christ-like. But when you are disobedient to God Almighty, was, was the one that you called Jesus, was he disobedient to, to God? then why are you? Does that make sense, Brother Lee? (laughs) Where are you, Brother? Yes, sir. It it makes makes perfect sense to me. You know, again, again, um, (laughs) yeah, you got, you got to, you got to think about it. You know, fundamentally, you know, if you're dealing with with law, statutes, and commandments, you know, that's another clue that you have all the power within to be able to, um, you know, operate 
in a situation, in a life circumstance where you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, being attacked and, you know, having your children go to school and not come come home because, you know, some foreigner is, uh, you know, taking their lives. You know, you you know, as a as a man, you don't have to get out here and uh, worry about encountering those that are not of your nation and actually having a, a you know, a real expectation that you may not make it back home. You know, at the end of the day, you, you, don't, you don't have laws, statutes, and commandments um, for, for no reason, you know, for, for no use. You know, all of these are fundamental to, uh, you know, having your own government, you know, operating, uh, you know, in, the, uh, in, in, in a theocratic government, which is, you know, what the original faith was. You know, and, and even in following the Christ, at the end of the day, he never was preaching against um, government, you know, and he never was preaching for a religion. What he was trying to do was to wake the people up to understand that, hey, man, this is your security. You know, you come back to these law, statutes, and commandments, you know, you raise your level of uh level of competence and you know you, you you move forward you move forward so it makes a lot of sense brother are you praise the lord uh revelation 14 and 2 here's the patience of the saints here are they that keep the commandments of god and the faith of Jesus. What is the faith of Jesus? We're explaining to you that there were two Christianities that took place. Those who were designated as Hebrew Christians, not to be confused with Judaism and Jewish people. No disrespect to them, but this has nothing to do with them. That's another global deception. We'll speak about that at another time. But don't confuse this with that. There are saints of the Most High God Almighty that are here to keep the laws, the statutes, the commandments of God and to follow the same faith of the one who has become known as Jesus. But are you on the right side? Listen, when you remove law from a people, they have no sense of consequence. You're telling them that God said it's okay that you don't follow the laws as long as you claim that you love Jesus. It doesn't matter what you do. That is a diabolical lie. Revelation 12 and 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman. Hold that. This woman that is describing is what the scriptures describe as the bride of God or the bride of the Most High Almighty, which are the tribes of Israel. Now, this dragon began as a serpent, and now is a great dragon. 
and listen to what was going on with this dragon. The dragon's angry with these uh, 12 tribes, the bride of the Most High. Reads on as follows. And went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God. So what was happening was this bride of God Almighty, the children, keepers of the commandments, keepers of the laws, these were in the womb trying to be birthed into a mighty nation to bring forth and return the lost sheep back to the kingdom of God. And this kingdom of God is the law, statutes, and commandments governing a body of people in a government of God, for God, and by God, and that which is known of as theocracy. And the faith of Jesus was on the side of the Hebrew Christian and those who were keepers of the law, statutes, and commandments. And the opposing Antichrist is on the other side, going back to the beginning, telling you you don't have to obey God and have a doctrine sitting up in the church you're waiting for some Antichrist or for some Satan to open up the church of Satan and let that come and fool everybody. That's not how it works. Satan comes in the disguise of Christ and has crept up in the doctrine of the church on the side of the Roman Christian and has deceived the whole world and got you worshiping an image and the scriptures say they don't even have a graven image. And they got a graven image of the one that they're calling Jesus saying that they crucified him. And then their symbol of the crucifix is shown all over the world. That's a graven image. And the scriptures and the commandments tell you do not have a graven image, but that side of the Christian world says, oh, we're going to put this image up. Is Ramya on the line? Yes, I'm here. You got to speak up, brother. You, you sound far away. Yes, brother, I'm here. What you got for us, brother? Well, um, you're absolutely right. Um, the sad part of everything is that our people really don't understand what is sin. They don't understand the law, statute, and commandments. They only think that there is only 10 commandments, which that's not actually true, but that's what the other side actually gives us. Um, I remember coming up, going to church since 10 years old, singing on the church choir, going there every Sunday, every Wednesday for Sunday worship service and Bible study on Sunday on Wednesdays. Uh, Tuesday we practiced. We had a little group, um, but it was more of even then I saw it as a show. It was a pit on. Um, 
I didn't see it as something concrete. So when I turned about 14, 15, I strayed away. And I just started doing all type of stuff, uh, getting in all kind of trouble. But even then, you know, the creator had, or the laws of nature, the creator actually had my back. You know, uh, things that I supposed to have been a felony of, I never got. Um, things that I supposed to be locked up for 10 to 20 years, I have not. Um, and these are actual things like that actually happen, but this is it, hard, you know, when you don't actually really understand what is sin, because we walk around all our lives doing all type of stuff and thinking it's cool that all we got to do is say, forgive me, Jesus. And we turn around and do the same thing all over again. And we continue doing this. Now, I'm not saying that we perfect or anybody is perfect because everybody is going to sin. But if you actually understand the law, statute, and commandments, because there are 613 law, statute, and commandments. But if you really understand the law, statute, and commandments, you understand who the Christ really was or is, then you'll understand that a lot of stuff you can't even actually, you won't even want to do. You know, like, for instance, going outside and uh, you eating pork. You know, just having the discipline to say, well, the laws, the Bible says in uh, Leviticus 11, um, it says not to eat these um, these type of meat. But yet we still got there and we eat this meat because it's good. All we got to do is pray over it. That's, that's not what the scriptures say. It says not to eat it. So why would we go out there and eat it? That's disobedient. You're a transgressor of the law. It's simple. It's all behavior problems. And us Negroes, we have the biggest behavior problems out there. We do not know how to actually properly Staying, probably be a man or a woman that actually say that, okay, I'm going to follow the Christ. We live in this fantasy world thinking that this world that we live in, things are just going to fall out of the sky. We think that, you know, we because we pray for money, money just going to fall out of the sky. Because we feel that, Oh, I'm I'm praying that that Jesus helped me uh, get over my sickness. That because you got over your sickness, you think Jesus did it. The sickness of the people, the mental condition of our people, and we all been there. We all we trying to get away from that. It's sad, and I yield. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. I just want to leave us with one last thing. Which side are you on? Have you been deceived into following a false doctrine, a false image that says it is okay 
to commit all of these crimes, these murders, this prostitution in the name of Jesus and in the name of Christ and in the name of the Most High God Almighty. You're doing those things claiming to be a believer in the Christ. You got to take a moment and think that over and look at yourself and say, wait a minute, something's wrong here. God Almighty is far more powerful than Satan. Satan will give you world riches as long as you sell drugs and be a drug kingpin, as long as you prostitute your women, as long as you're doing all these sports as a buffoon and a court gesture, basketball, football, all of that stuff is fine. But what do you stand for? You're not like the people of old. You're not like Jim Brown. You're not like Muhammad Ali. You're not like those guys. They stood for something. You stand for nothing. But most importantly, you've got to say to yourself, something is wrong here. Essentially, you've been deceived. And when you want to sincerely change your life and give your life over to following the Christ once again, you did it once with your confession, or so you thought. But you have got to have some works with that which you confess. So you need to do this right now. Go wherever you are and recommit your life to the Christ. Recommit your life to the Most High Almighty. And start walking the walk and stop faking the funk. Give up that crack. Give up that heroin. Give up that pimping, gangbanging, prostitution, drug abuse. Go clean up your house. Stop being a hoarder, a pack rat, living in filth. Stop being a glutton, can't even control what you eat. Overweight, stuffing your face like a savage pig. You claim you love Jesus, but your acts are your fruits that prove that your fruits don't stem from the tree that this man that you come to know as Jesus has laid the foundation for. Second John 1 and 6. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back here again. At least I'll be back here again with you tomorrow. Hopefully the other brothers will be able to attend with us same time tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Peace and blessings to you all.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.